John chapter 14, verse 12. I'm going to jump right in. Um, and um, just let me just go, on, go ahead and frame this as we begin today. Um, what I'm getting ready to do is a, is a little teachy. It's a little bit informative. And to be honest with you, if you get distracted with social media or you, 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 you turn your eyes somewhere else for you're probably going to miss it. You're going to have to really stay on the train to get what I'm saying. But I do believe that this is an assignment from heaven, the word that I'm bringing that will help people connect uh, what we believe God has offered to us and made available concerning greater things uh, in 2020. Not only in 2020, I believe this decade, uh, God has given an invitation to greater things. We get that idea in John chapter 14 where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's getting ready to go back to heaven. He has finished his earthly ministry and he makes this, this, this just way out there promise to them. And he says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth. That, that, that just Every time I read that, it just, it, I almost want to start laughing because Jesus is saying, hey, um, I'm not lying. Well, yeah, you're Jesus, right? Uh, so, so Jesus said, I, I want you to know, guys, I mean, he's never told a lie in his life. And he has to tell his disciples, hey, guys, what I'm getting ready to tell you, you're really going to think I'm lying to you because it is really way out there. But I'm here to tell you, I'm telling you the truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do now, here it is, even greater things because I will return to be with the Father. Um, whether you understand this or not, this is a reality for you as a follower of Christ. What has, what has really, um, what has... Uh, what has really framed what I'm getting ready to talk to you about is, 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 is really a little bit of frustration within me over the last four weeks, three weeks here, a week in Salinas as I have begun to communicate what I believe God is saying uh, and making available to the church, that, that this is a year for greater things. And so every time I read that verse, just kind of like now as I'm looking around over and looking at faces and looking at stairs... Uh, for most people, when they hear that, there, there's kind of this, this disconnect. There's, there's this, um, they're, they're, they're hearing it, but, but they kind of just like dismiss it because they could never see themselves being used by God in that matter. I mean, we're talking about Jesus, right? Jesus went around and healing the sick and causing the lame to, to walk and the blind eyes to open, and he raised dead people up for for, for, I mean, this is crazy stuff. And then he has the audacity to say, hey, not, not only that are you going to do, but you're going to do greater things. And so when, when we make this promise and we say, hey, this, this is God speaking to you and this is your promise, it's almost like, it's almost like yeah, yeah, right. That, that's, that's, it's obvious. It's, it's not for, for me. The majority of Christ followers, they hear that and they assume that, that that's just, that's, that's, that's not possible in my, my life. Maybe, maybe somehow the Pope, the preacher, but uh, hey, not, not little old me. 
And so I want to take uh, you on a journey this morning today. And I want to help you see the bigger picture of what Jesus was saying. Um, that, 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 if, that if you could see what I'm teaching, if you can hear what I'm communicating, uh, you're, you're going to see that this is absolutely a reality that God wants to see in your life, that God did not make a mistake, that this is your promise for your life this year and this decade. So if we're going to do that, we're going to have to start in the beginning of the Bible. So it may take three hours to get through this message, but we're going to start in the beginning. Um, in the beginning, the Bible says, let me lay some foundation here. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. If you'll stay with me, I'm telling you, you're going to come to the end of this message and you go, my goodness, that, that verse is for me. That, that, that I'm going to start walking in greater things. I'm going to start believing. For I'm going to start living. When pastor reads that verse again, I'm not going to sit there like I'm dead. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get stirred. Okay, okay, here we go. Now, now let, let, let's get to so, so in the beginning, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. And when God created the earth, he created it as a physical, here, expression of heaven. Uh, it was to operate and function just like heaven. When God created the earth, he created it just like it was an expression of heaven, and he intended for it to be ran just like heaven, operated just like heaven. So then God then goes forth, and he begins to make all of creation. He makes, he makes, the, he makes man. He makes male and female. And, and some of you, this might help you, is that God actually calls uh, male and female man. He made man, and he made a man female, and he made a man male. So when you see man in the Bible, it's not gender specific. He's talking about mankind. That'll help you to connect as you're studying the Word of God. So, 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 so there is a, 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 a female man, and there is a male man. Come on, somebody. The pastor's funny today. Hey! Okay, that's the only preacher joke I got. That's it. That's all the ones I got. Okay. So he creates man in his own image, and, and many of you know this, but just track with me, in his own likeness, and then he puts man on the earth, and they're given dominion over all the earth. They are to rule, the Bible says, they are to govern the earth just like God is governing the heavens. So God gives the first man, he gives Adam and Eve delegated authority to rule and to have dominion on their earth and do it just like God is doing it in heaven. Uh, we see this in Psalms 115, 16. That's the reason why it says this. It says, the heavens belong to our God. They are his alone, but he has given us, us, humanity, us, the earth, and put us, us, God's not in charge of this mess. He's put us in charge of, God's running heaven. So he made man and gave them authority. He gave them dominion to govern what is going on in the earth. So here is Adam and Eve, they're in the earth, and, 
And we know the story. Satan comes and tricks and deceives Eve into eating the only tree that was forbidden them to eat. She, she's deceived, the Bible says, that, that Satan tricks her. And then she takes that same fruit, goes to her husband, and her husband automatically just takes the fruit, and he starts eating of the fruit. And then God shows up, and he says, Adam, what in the world have you done? Have you eaten of that tree? And the Bible says that Adam, Adam actually throws his wife under the bus. He says, well, well, God, you know that woman, that woman you gave me, right? He's actually blaming the woman and God all at the same time. So here's what you need to understand. Eve was deceived. She was tricked. But, but Adam wasn't tricked or deceived. He just simply rebelled. This is an insight to, 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 to our humanity. You see, that's why women are more prone to deception. It's because of their, their, their mother, Eve. And that is the reason why men are more prone to rebellion. Can't get no help up in here. You women should have been shouting right there. It's absolutely true. Men are more prone to rebellion because of their father, Adam. Now, we'll leave that all alone, and hopefully we'll catch that at a marriage conference sometime. <laughs> so, so Adam and Eve have sinned. They disobeyed God. And the Bible says that that sin entered all of the human race. And because of that sin, catch this, the dominion that had been given to them the, to, to rule and govern the earth was forfeited and it was given over to Satan. That's the reason why 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 tells us this. The Bible says the devil who rules this world. Other translation says he's the God of this world. The devil who rules this world. So, so Adam and Eve were given authority, but because of sin, now the Bible says the devil has gained that authority to rule and govern upon this earth. It's, not, it's, it's talking about the systems that govern a society, that, that Satan, the devil himself, is actually the one in charge because Adam and Eve gave their delegated authority away to him through their sin. Everybody tracking? This is Bible 101. So God, then, so God gave de delegated authority over the earth to Adam, and Adam sinned. By doing so, he gave the authority over to, to Satan. So now Satan has been running this, this earth. He's been, he's, been, he, he's, been, he's been operating and governing in this earth, which explains why it's so messed up. It explains why it's so broken and, 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 and chaos. That's the reason why the rain doesn't know when to stop. That's why it floods. So the reason why the wind don't know when it stops, when to stop, and that's the reason why we have tornadoes and hurricanes. That, that's the reason why the earth doesn't know how much to shift, and, and, and so now we have, we have earthquakes and all that. So, so humanity has been influenced by evil, and so that's the reason why humanity, they do some of the stupidest, unthinkable things that we can't even talk about. Why, why is all this mess going on? Because Adam and Eve gave their delegated authority to govern this earth over to Satan. And so the earth has become Satan's playground for all kinds of evil. And people will say, well, well, God's in control. Have you ever heard that? Well, well, God's in control. Can I help you today? Not really. He's, not, he's only in control of those that let him be in control. Come, come on, are you here? 
Now, let, let me continue to build this foundation. So, so, so now, because of Adam's sin, there is, here, here's what you got here. There's a disconnect between heaven and earth. But God had a plan to get his lost man and the lost dominion of this earth. He had a plan to get it all back. So God begins to work his, this is all in Genesis. You just have to go read it right there. So, so God had a plan to get it all back, and he begins to work this plan through the patriarchs known as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the reason why we say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God begins to work his plan to restore what man had lost because God has a plan. Hear it. God has a plan to reconnect heaven back to the earth because that connection was the, the connection that Adam and Eve had that was lost when they sinned. Are you so? God had a plan and began to work the plan in Genesis there to reconnect heaven back to earth. We see this plan in Genesis 28, and we're going to read from the Bible here. Stay closely focused here in verse 10. It says, Jacob left the town of Beersheba. Now, remember, Jacob is one of God's covenant men, so God is working a plan through him. Jacob left the town of Beersheba and started out for Haran. At sunset, he stopped for the night and went to sleep, resting his head on a large rock. In a dream, he saw a ladder. Everybody shout ladder. That reached from earth to heaven. Uh-oh. We're talking about connection again. From earth to heaven, and God's angels were going up and down on it. The Lord was standing beside the ladder and said, I am the Lord God who was, who was worshipped by Abraham and Isaac. I will give to you and your family the land on which you are now sleeping. Jacob woke up suddenly and thought, the Lord, I love this, the Lord, the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. I think that happens every weekend. Some of you are so focused on what you're going to eat, and you don't even know that the Lord is in this place. Some of you are thinking about what you're going to do next week, thinking about your business, thinking about your jobs, thinking about your crisis, and you don't even know that you are in a place where the Lord is able to fix it and to solve it and give you the understanding. So he says, I, I, he said, I, the Lord was in that place. I didn't even know it. Then Jacob became frightened and said, this is a fearsome place. It must be the house of God. Now catch this. And the ladder to heaven. This has to be the ladder to heaven. So, so he has a, a God dream. This is a divine dream. And it shows this patriarch, God's covenant man, it shows him that heaven and earth is connected by a ladder. Why is that so important? Because there's been a disconnection. So he sees that there's been a connection by a ladder, and God's angels are going up, and God's angels are coming down, and they're going back and forth from heaven to earth. How many of you see that? Now, Jacob was so taken by this experience that he, 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 that he literally thought he had found the geographical spot in the earth that actually connected the earth to heaven. I mean, he really, really thought, he said, this is the place, this is the, this is the, this is the light, this is the gateway. If I could, I'll just spend my life right here and I will experience heaven all my life. He literally thought that this was a ge geographical spot, the place where heaven was connected to earth. But this experience, this God dream that he has, this ladder that he sees, is really just a a future picture of what Jesus would fulfill 
in his earthly ministry, God is beginning to show the patriarchs, I've got a plan to reconnect what has been lost. So in John chapter 1, Jesus, thousands of years, are you still with me? Jesus, thousands of years later, comes on the scene. He's going to begin his ministry, and now he's choosing his disciples. And notice what Jesus wants to talk about. It's the first thing he wants to talk about. We'll get to it in just a second. Look at verse 45. It says of chapter 1, Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one whom Moses wrote about in the book of the law and whom the prophets also wrote about. He is Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And then in verse 46, it said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathanael asked, come and see, answered Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, here is a real Israelite. There is nothing false in him. Some translation says there's no deceit. Powerful. Nathanael asked him, how, how do you know that about me? Jesus answered, I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, now he's, reading, he's, re, he's reading Nathanael's mail. Teacher, answered Nathanael, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. In other words, there's nobody but God himself that would know like, things like this. In verse 50, it says, Jesus said, do you believe just because I told you I saw you when you were under the fig tree? And then he says this, catch it, here we go. He says, you will see much greater things. That's what we're trying to define. That's what we're trying to get you connected to, that when I talk about greater things, you don't dismiss it, that there's, there's not a disconnect, but that you receive it and say, hey, that's my word for this year and this decade. He says, he says you think that's something, Nathaniel. Get ready because you're getting ready to see greater things than this. And he said to them, all of the disciples, not just to Nathaniel, to all his disciples that he's choosing, He's starting his ministry. He's launching his ministry. Notice what he wants to talk about. The first thing, he says, and he said to them, I'm telling you the truth. Well, does that not sound familiar? Hey, I'm Jesus. I don't lie. Isn't that funny? See how it's connected? He says, I'm telling you the truth. You will see heaven open and God's angels going up and coming down on the sun of man, the first thing that Jesus wants to talk about when he starts his ministry is he says, hey, I'm telling you the truth. You're going to see heaven open. You're going to see angels going up and down, and you're going to see it on the Son of Man. You're going to see it on me. You're going to see it on Jesus. So Jesus is recruiting his disciples, and he begins to deal with this important truth. He tells Nathaniel, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm going to show you greater things as you follow me. And then Jesus again tells these three specific things, and I want you to hear it one more time. He says, Nathaniel, disciples, we're starting this thing, but here's what you need to understand. Here's what, you're, here's what you're about ready to see for the next three and a half years of my ministry. You're going to, number one, you're going to see heaven open up. Oh, my. Well, well, I, I, that, that sounds familiar. That, that kind of sounds like Jacob's. Jacob's dream, doesn't it? But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, not only are you going to see heaven open up, but you're going to see God's angels going up and coming down. There's going to be a connect. Oh, my. Now that's really starting to sound like Jacob's 
Jacob's dream. He said, but, but that's not all I'm going to do. Listen to me, disciples, for the next three and a half years, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see these angels. They're going up and down, and all of this is going to happen on the Son of Man. It's all going to happen on my life. It's all going to happen in me. What? What in the world is going on here? This absolutely sounds like the dream that God gave Jacob. And I'm here to tell you, listen to me, it sounds like the dream because it is a fulfillment of the dream that Jacob had. It's, 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 and, and in what Jesus is communicating, don't, don't miss, i got to slow down so we get it. What Jesus is communicating, he says, guys, it's not just going to happen on a ladder, it's happening on me. He now brings an understanding to the ladder that Jacob saw. So Jesus shows up on the scene, and he says, hey, hey guys, uh, you know that dream that's in your, in your Bible, the Old Testament, the first five, but you, you know that dream, that, that, uh, um, that, that ladder? Here's what Jesus is saying, that, that, that's me. That's me. And for the next three and a half years, I'm going to show you an open heaven. I'm going to show you how to reconnect back to heaven. So for three and a half years, these disciples followed Jesus. And they watched him display heaven on this earth. Jesus came healing. Jesus came delivering and transforming all kinds of people. Jesus went from village to village. And what is he doing? He is reconnecting wherever he's at. He is reconnecting heaven back to their earth. Whatever geographical spot he's in, whatever city he's in, wherever, whatever village he's in, here today, Jesus is reconnecting heaven back to the earth. Um, so, so, so when Jesus showed up to blind men, he opened their, mind, he opened their eyes and, and heaven came to earth. When Jesus showed up to crippled people. Uh, they begin to walk, and, and heaven came to earth. Jesus showed up to people who could not hear, deaf people, and he opened their ears, and heaven came back to earth. He showed up to even dead people, messed funerals up. Are you, are you with me? And raised them back up to life, and heaven came back. To earth. He showed up to discouraged people, to fearful people, to addicted people, to sick people, to lost people. And the power of an open heaven came, came to earth. Angels going up and coming down, going up and coming down going up and getting the healing and bringing it down, going up to get eyes and bringing them down to the blind, going up to get, oh, you're not hearing me today. Come on. Go, I, I need a new heart. Let's bring it back down. Come on. I, I need a new bone here. I need a new ankle here. I need a new knee. I need a new back. We're going to go up and get it, and we're going to bring heaven. Come on. I'm going to go up and get healing. I'm going to go up and get deliverance, and we're going to bring it. But it only happened where Jesus was. It was whatever geographical spot that Jesus was, he brought heaven back 
the earth. And it was angels. And the reason why we know that, because when Jesus is dying on the cross, Jesus is dying on the cross, he, he said in Matthew 26, 53, he says, he says, I can stop this at any point that I want to. Did, did you know that? He says, all I have to do is open my mouth and tell them, and thousands upon thousands of angels would begin to carry out what I say. So Adam lost it. But God sent Jesus to get it all back. Please stay with me. We're not there. I'm building it. God, Adam lost it. God sent Jesus to get it all back. Jesus came to restore man's relationship with God. Jesus came to restore man's relationship with the earth. Here's what I need you to hear because this is where we really get confused in, in our modern day church. Salvation didn't just change your condition. It actually changed your position. Je Jesus didn't come just to take your sins away but he came to make you a son and daughter of the most high God so that you could restore back, so that you could be restored back to a position of dominion and authority in the earth. What, 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 what am I saying? Uh, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come so you could just come to church like this and pray one prayer and go to heaven. And that's kind of what we made church of. Come to church, pray a prayer, and go to heaven. That's not why Jesus came. No, no, no. Jesus didn't come so that you could just go to heaven. Jesus came so that you could actually bring heaven, once you get saved, down to the earth. See, see, if it was just about going to heaven, we could, we could have you pray a prayer at the altar, shoot you in the head, and send you on your way. But, but that's not why Jesus came. He didn't just come to change your condition. He came to change your position. He came to deal with the sin, but then he came to give you authority and rulership back up on this earth so that you can reconnect heaven back to your... Oh, my. Jesus didn't come to be the only ladder. I've come to tell somebody Jesus came, Jesus came to make you a ladder. Can, can I say it one more time? Jesus didn't just come to be a ladder. Jesus actually did what he did so that you could become a ladder, so that you could take your authority, so that you could take your position, so that angels could go up and come down and bring heaven back down into your world, into your earth, into your family, into your kids, into your finances. He didn't just change your condition, the, the, the need for forgiveness and the washing way of sins, but he, 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 he changed your position. He gave the authority back that he once gave Adam and Eve, and he's reinstated you, that you don't have to be under the rulership of the enemy in this world, that you know who you are, that you have authority, that, that you've been given authority over all the power and the works of the evil one. Jesus came to make you a ladder, connecting heaven back to your earth, this is why he says what he says in John 14. 
Now we're going to read it again. Hopefully you won't. Ah, that's not for me. Jesus says, hey, you're not going to believe this. You're going to think I'm lying, but I've never lied in my life. I'm telling you the truth. He says, uh, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do and even greater things because I will return to be with the Father. Jesus is saying, hey, guys, disciples, I've done my three and a half years. I went to this geographical spot, and I went to this geographical spot, and I went to this village, and I went to this city, and everywhere I went, I brought heaven into the earth. But, 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 but here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to heaven, and now, and now you're going to be a ladder, not just one ladder in one geographical spot, but I'm going to make you all ladders. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be ladders. And that's a reason why we're going to do greater things because if, it, if, the, oh my, if the church ever begins to do what we're called to do, we're going to tear it up all over the earth. There is millions of people. If they ever start being ladders in the earth, they're going to bring heaven. They're going to bring revival. It's called greater things. I'm not done. I'm almost there. But I've got to make sure you get it. He says, uh, disciples, I'm, I'm going to the Father. I've done what I've done. I've, I've, I've illustrated how to do it. And now I'm going to go sit down because I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And you keep trying to get Jesus to do something else, and he's finished. It's, it's finished. We keep praying for Jesus to do it, and Jesus is telling you to do it. We keep wanting the ladder from heaven to come back down. He says, no, I've made you a ladder. So Jesus is saying, guys, it's your turn. Uh, you're my sons. You're my daughters. You're my followers. And here's what we're going to do. You're going to take over the family business. <laughs> come on, somebody. How are we going to do this? Exactly how are we going to do that? I get that. Okay, I'm going to be, I, I get that because I'm a ladder. I can, and we're all ladders. We can, we can, we can do greater things. That, that explains the greater things for me now. That, that, that's the understanding. It's not, it's not. The problem was, is that heaven was only where Jesus is. So wherever Jesus was, was he was connecting. But look at all of us. You take all of us and and throw us out into this community, it's ladders. It's connection everywhere. Come on, it's at the mall. It's at the marketplace. Come on, it's where you're going to go eat today. It's where you're going to go, go, oh, somebody, can you see it? And so, Jesus, Jesus how are we going to do this? Well, well, he gives us the instructions, and this is what you're going to need to hear. This is how we do what he told us to do. He says, Matthew 16, 9, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what it is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Keys denote responsibility. We keep trying to get Jesus to do 
what we're responsible to do. Keys also represent, uh, represents that which opens something and that which closes something. And Jesus says, here's, here's how this ladder thing is going to work. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Do you know what the keys of the kingdom are? They are the teachings of Jesus. Go get in your Bible. Every truth, every understanding is a key, and it, it, it actually tells you what's going on in heaven. And God says, when you get these keys and find out what's happening in my heaven, then when you bump into something that's, that's unlawful on the earth, then you bind it. You take authority over it. Oh, Jesus. You didn't get that. You didn't catch that. Jesus says, he says, go, go find out that it's my will to be healed, that by the stripes of, it's a key. And when you bump into the unlawful thing of sickness and disease, you resist it. You take authority over it. And you say, uh-uh, not for me and my house. We're going to walk in the health. And the, I don't care what the doctor says. My Jesus is a healer. And I take authority. And I bind the sickness and the disease. It's unlawful. And if it's unlawful, it's because it's unlawful already in heaven. But most of us don't know what's unlawful, and we don't know what's lawful because we're not reading the Bible, and we're not getting our keys. And God says, I've got keys to open things. I've got keys to close things. I've got keys that'll cause the angels to just go back and forth, bringing heaven down to your earth. I didn't know I was a preacher like this. Come on, are you with me? You'll go read in the Bible. He became poor so that you could become rich. So when you bump into the unlawful thing of lack and shortage and poverty, and you understand that in the Bible you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and one of the major things that was a curse was poverty, the, the, the curse of the law was threefold. It was spiritual death. It, it, was, it was sickness and disease, and it was poverty. And the Bible says when you receive Jesus, that is a curse of law, and that should not even be in your life. So when I run into shortage and lack, and I got more month than I do paycheck, God says, that's a curse. You need to rebel. You need to resist. You need to stand up again. But see, we're not doing that. We're tolerating. We're putting up because we don't know what is lawful and we don't know what is unlawful. And God says, if you'll go get my keys and start using my keys, and when you bump into something that's unlawful and you begin to bind it and you begin to take authority over it, the angels of God begin to go up and down, up and down, up and down. See, see, see you're wanting Jesus to do it, but Jesus is setting down. And the truth of the matter is, the angels are not on his ladder anymore. Well, I know. Some of you think that's, that's heresy. Read your Bible. They're not operating on Jesus' ladder. They're supposed to be operating on your ladder. Well, where is that preacher? I'm glad you asked because I got more Bible than you got time. Notice here in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, what role then do the angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve Jesus who is setting down in heaven. That's not what it says. Somebody ought to rebel. That's not truth. What does that say? It says they're spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are saved. Are there any saved people in here today? 
Come on, who said, I want to hear some saved people today? What are angels doing? They're waiting on you. You're a ladder. But if you're not binding anything, they're not in operation. If you're not loosing anything, they're not in operation. If you're not declaring anything, they're not in operation. Some of you, your angels are setting on the job, and you need to get busy getting to work and open things and close things and find out what God has given you. He says, you can bring heaven down into your marriage. Have you ever read the Bible concerning your marriage? Go get the keys. You can bring heaven down into your finances. The Bible says God will make you rich and he'll add no sorrow with it. The problem with getting rich in the world is it always comes with anguish and sorrow and more work. But God says, I have a way that you'll sleep at night and won't need any drunk drugs and won't need that drink. You'll sleep like a baby. Is anybody hearing me? Come on, is anybody hearing me? Say this with me. See, wherever I am, heaven's about to show up. Can you see its greater things? Because if you take every child of God, every believer, every follower of Christ, and they start being ladders in the, air, in the earth, you know what we're bound to do? We'll run the devil up out of our city. We'll have revival in our city. We'll have an awakening. But before we start there, some of you ought to just start with your marriage and your home and your family and your teenagers. Come on, somebody tell me, wherever I go, heaven shows up. Say it again, wherever I go, heaven shows up. Stand to your feet. Don't leave, don't leave, and keep that recording going because I got this last point. If you leave now, oh, going to miss it. These ending points is where God does what he does. Let's honor this moment in Romans chapter 8. I'll just conclude with this. I don't know what's in my notes now. I don't know where I'm at. Is anybody getting this? Here, here's. I want to be able to say, hey, Greater things we will do. And you get so excited because you haven't disconnected, but you see the understanding and the revenue, and you say, that, 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 that's for I'm a ladder, and that's for me this year. Romans chapter 8. I close with this thought. The Bible says the whole earth, all of creation groans. It is in birth pains. It, it, it sounds like this. It's going, ah! I didn't do that to be funny. I'm doing that to tell you what God says about this earth. He said it is it's groaning, and it's groaning, and it's groaning. It's having earth pains. It's having birth pains. Why? Because the Bible says this whole earth is out of order. And I'm telling you, the White House can't fix it. The Senate can't fix it. The Republicans can't fix it. The Democrats can't fix it. Come on, it's going to be ladders that fix this problem. 
and it's groaning because it's out of order. The pain, the wickedness, the evil that's in our world, and it's not getting any better. And the Bible says the trees are groaning. The Bible says the creation is groaning, and it's groaning, and it's groaning, and it says it's waiting on something. It's in Romans chapter 8. It says it's waiting, it's crying out, it's groaning, it's crying out, it's, it's waiting. God, what is it waiting on? Can I tell you what it's not waiting on? It's not waiting on more church services like this. It doesn't say that. It's not, it didn't say it's waiting on more good singing. It didn't say it's waiting on more good preaching because most of you, the sad statistic is that once you leave here within a 30 minutes, you'll, 90% of you won't have a clue what I preached. It's not that the, the, the groaning is not waiting for us to have more church and more church and have a great first Wednesday and, 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 and do this and do that. The Bible says the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sun's and daughters. It's waiting for you to be the ladder that God's called you to be. Because when you show up, guess what you do? You bind things, you loose things, and you set things in order. Say this, say, wherever I go, heaven shows up. Something's crying out. Something's crying out waiting for you to show up. Come on, you're going to deliver it. You're going to set it free. You're going to bring it back in. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.